I was taught to clean things by my grandparents who survived the Dust Bowl, so apparently cleaning so things if with... if you grab a pile of dirt and you put it in there and with a towel, you can scrape it around, take the trash out. I mean... Uh, and then, if you're lucky, you get the right kind of dirt, add just a little bit of water, got yourself a stew. If you replace the dirt with baking soda, kind of yes. <laughs> the amount of things I cleaned in my house with baking soda and vinegar is upsetting, considering I am British and I do cook things with vinegar. Yeah. So I have cleaning vinegar and I have cooking vinegar and they are very separate fluids. Good. <laughs> I mean, would it matter? Are there yeah. different grades of vinegar that you're yes. eating and cook cleaning with? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because we have like a big thing of vinegar for the house. But it's got pictures of salads of it all over it. But mm-hmm. then my roommate cleans with it. All right, well, the the like distilled the white vinegar, I know you can use that for like a cooking ingredient. It's fine. It's food grade. But yeah, I mostly use uh, distilled white vinegar for cleaning things. And I also will put like a quarter cup of it in my laundry instead of fabric softener because fabric softener is bullshit and a scam. You just yeah. wear the clothes and they get soft. Yeah. Or there's like wool bowls in the, the dryer. Yeah, we have the cool thing too. is you can put whatever scent you want in them. So if you get like bougie essential oils, you can put them in the wool. We don't use essential oils because they can cause dogs to have seizures. And That's I have fair. enough for the house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think just one is enough for the whole house. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm, I've got all these seizures I can't hold on. You should, just, you should just put them down, buddy. You don't need to carry them. Okay. You can, you can release this burden. Look, King. Sometimes you can't hold all that weight. I've just known to shake, rattle, and roll. No! God! I'm the one with... You are allowed to joke about your own disease. That's fine. I joke about mine, too. It's fine. (sighs) Speaking of diseases, hi, and welcome to Blank Bodies, a Vampire the Masquerade, V5, Tabletop, and Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter, and as always, I'm joined by... He called us a disease because our beauty is contagious. I'm John. I just have a lot of chronic conditions <laughs> because my ancestors wouldn't stop fucking people within the same county. Hi, I'm Sarah. <laughs> and by county, you mean like family? Uh, no. Uh. <laughs> at, at what point do multiple families become one family? Uh, Most people would consider it one wedding, but Sarah's family. <laughs> <laughs> we used to have a castle. It's a pile of rocks now. It has its own Wikipedia page. It's kind of fantastic. Um, uh, you guys voted for this. We're talking about organizing anarchy as a bonus episode for the Bruja Clan. Woo woo! It's when you get a bunch of traffic cones, put them in a circle, and have a bunch of people kick them at once. You can, but... Uh, <laughs> one time I got drunk and me and my friend threw a bunch of traffic cones onto the roof of a bank. Does that count? One time I got Kinda. drunk and stole a bunch of traffic cones from a We had construction so many site. traffic cones. Yeah. No. <laughs> we had a collection of a variety of different flavors and sizes and shapes and colors. Colors. Yeah, know. it was great. But uh Some of them had names. Uh you did start naming them. Uh just small small fun thing, small fact, little peek behind the curtain. Uh I legit thought y'all were going to vote for uh Carthage because of the meme that was second place i know i thought I, I, I that's part of the reason why there was so much carthage info on the the, the history episode because i was preemptively researching because i was like oh, okay i'm trying to get ahead of things and be on time and like be, be a good pro, like producer or whatever and then hunter gave me the info of the results and i was like god fucking 
<laughs> By the way, I made a mistake on that poll um, and actually scheduled it for an extra week. So I did just go with the results of when you guys voted. So if you're ah. if it's still up and you're voting, you're not. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. But I think the so majority this the, is election fraud. The majority of people had voted already and we okay. literally did not have time to yeah. wait to vote this episode. So Yeah, it was the margin just like wide enough that you're like, there's no point. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. So it's it's still technically election fraud. But you know, that's I will point. admit that I'm a fraud. But <laughs> also you you wonderful listeners did choose this. You did this to me. So when I, do... I decided to end the election unceremoniously. <sighs> like Florida. Any <laughs> uh yeah. Is so Hunter, I... is Hunter the Florida man of our podcast? Are you the Florida man of our podcast? I've never made the news for anything negative. Okay. I, I, none of us have yet. So it's true. Yeah. It's true. I was That's... in the paper for working with Dale Chihuly once. Mm. Um, I was on the cover of Nuvo for that, and once I was on a news segment about a toy store opening because I had a relative that worked there. I was almost in the newspaper once for what? Uh, just kids having fun in the summertime, ah. like during school break. You know, this reporter just walked up to us. We were playing in my front yard, and was like, "Hey." I work for someone, so he had a little press badge. He showed it to us. We're like 12. We don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. He's like, do you guys mind if I take some pictures? I'm like, what are you guys doing? And we explained, oh, we're playing Dodge the Stick. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's dodge the stick. We throw the stick at each other. Get out of the way. It's a kid's game. Yeah. No. And we were standing on either side of my parents' driveway, which is like cut out of a hill, mm-hmm. right? So there's like a big gap. Oh, there's between. like a moat. There's like Yeah, it's like a chasm. And we were just chuck them. The thing is, we were fucking chucking them like we like were throwing your shoulder into throwing it throwing your whole fucking body into Ooh, it damn. and this dude was watching little sticks hit the concrete wall behind one side and just like explode with force and he took some pictures and then he was like all right um if it ends up in the paper it'll be on sunday and we're like cool and then we got papers and we were not in the amazing i just think that we were too violent probably <laughs> too energetic for the local paper i did end up in our local paper once because mm-hmm. we had a veteran come to class mm-hmm. and talk about world war ii mm-hmm. in the picture i just look like angry while this <laughs> old man's talking but i was angry because the um, the old man was being really racist to the asian the two asian kids in oh, our history no. class Jeez. like specifically not answering their questions like they'd raise their hand and he'd just look at them and then an- pick someone else it was like one of the most awkward, uh, and it, it was immortalized in the class paper. So amazing! Nice. Oh, well, oh. the town paper. I realized I have ended up in the news once. It wasn't for anything bad, and it was completely not something I was expecting. I think it was, I can't remember if it was IGN or, it's one of the bigger nerd uh, websites that covers like cosplay at Gen Con, and it was 2019 Gen Con. So like the Gen Con before COVID. Um, I hadn't planned to do a cosplay, really, but I got pushed into it last minute, so I last minute threw together this, like, Bruhawk cosplay and, like, teased up my Death Hawk and just... It basically was just what I wear, but with just more stuff. Put no... Literally no effort. Had some people stop and be like, hey, can we take photos? I was like, yeah, sure, that's fine. That's whatever. And then I had friends messaging me going, like, hey, Sarah, so they ranked you as, like, one of the top ten cosplays at Gen Con this year. And I was like, what? 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 I feel so bad because there's people there in like full Warhammer, like crafted armor. Yeah, there's all, all the Spartans and stuff. Yeah, and people like hand stitching gowns and all sorts of crazy shit. And I'm just like wearing some bullshit. Like I literally hand painted half drunk the night before because that was the year I made the jacket that says all Camarilla are bastards. Yes. 
Hell yeah. Which is a good segue to today's episode. Yeah. So for organizing anarchy, we're going to be talking aspects of direct action, mutual aid, and organizing in the context of VTM for those who are interested in playing anarchy games but don't know what the fuck you're doing. Uh, my only content warning for this is going to be uh, any information we share here is strictly for gameplay purposes only. Yeah. Okay, guys. We are not providing legal advice. We're not your lawyers, your parents, your leaders, any of that kind of shit. Do not try these activities at home in your real life. This is for educational purposes. Okay, cool. Now I've said that. I mean, you can you can count me as a leader, but I'm going to be like a leader in the same way as Amici is. Ah, where you're like, it's mine? I'm the leader, but like, figure it out. <laughs> I'm the I'm... leader. I delegate all of my tasks to you. <laughs> and if I am your parent, I obviously didn't want you. Why are you listening to me now? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Sick bird. I don't have any I know about. So if you would, if I do have a kid out there... <clears throat> Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck you! Wow! I'm 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 basing this purely on the fact that I don't think I have any. No, that's I, fair. I'm really hedging that bet. That's fair. I don't, honestly, that's I a might have, strong bet. I might have a big apology down the road, but I don't think so. I think I'm good. Twenty years, some person's gonna be banging on your door. Fuck me, Dad! Huh? Fuck me! That, that, now you're just starting a porn. Any no. any future kids don't count. Yeah, oh. from here from here yeah. on in the I, i'm saying if you are currently, currently a child of mine i yeah. see uh, wow so our uh, sources are the v5 anarch book uh a civilian's guide to direct action and recipes for disaster an anarchist cookbook by crimethink.com uh my role in a social change ecosystem a mid-year check-in by deepra Iyer, and the 3.5 percent rule how a small minority can change the world by david robbins uh, from the BBC, and Intro to Anarchy from Philosophy 2. I would like to put a quick important note here, unless it's in the episode and then we can take it What's out. Up? But the book in there was Recipes for Disaster, an anarchist cookbook. Yes. That's... Do not do not use the real anarchist cookbook. Mm-mm. There are multiple versions of it. Much of the information is inaccurate and will get you killed. Yay. It's actually a lot more self-dangerous than government dangerous yeah recipes for disaster colon subtitle in our anarchist cookbook has uh some really interesting uh tactics and research information that can be used for gameplay uh purposes if you're wanting story inspiration i can't tell you what to do because you're an adult but uh i'm not your lawyer do what you're gonna do Don't use any information we give you on the government, whether it be local or federal. Exactly. There's no reason for you to be acting up like that in these streets for any reason. This is for gameplay education purposes. Anywho, so you're playing VTF. You're an anarch. Uh, we're doing a quick. If why you, the fuck are you doing that? Why, why are you doing this shit? Uh, very speedball uh, refresh from episode 13, Anarchs 101. Uh, not state-sanctioned vampirism. So if you want more info about the Anarchs, go check that shit out. Go get them. Uh, so basically, anarchists are like fish, and anarchist theory is like the ocean, according to Abigail Soren from uh, Philosophy Tube, which is literally the best uh, analogy I have for any anarchist theory shit that I've run into. If anybody finds a better one, tell me. But basically, there's loads of different ideologies, methodologies, theories within anarchist thought. And there's even theories and movements from outside of anarchist, like, schools of thought fish. 
that come and hang out in the wider anarchist ocean. Like sea otters. Yeah, and or like seals. whales. Yeah, manatees. Because you got the anarchist fish and there's loads of fish. Eels. Of different shapes, sizes, colors, functions, behaviors. Yes. Crabs. I do like a good crab. Mostly their legs. Uh, and I have crab dance. Crab rave stuck in my head. Like, thank God Henry Kissinger's done. <laughs> Finally! Let's all take a moment of um, silent celebration. I have to pee right now. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing! So, uh, basically, all of this uh, various uh, whatnot thoughts and uh, different intersections and whatnot comes from the fact that uh, understanding power comes in many different forms. And thus, there are many different ways to resist powers. So. Yes. That's why it's confusing as fuck. If you're going to go research any kind of anarchism for, like, you know, wanting to have a better understanding for better storytelling, there's a lot of theory. Don't feel bad. Take your time. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the theory is also sometimes very... Um, straightforward. Well, straightforward, but other... It's like you can read this one thing, and then you can read this other thing that completely contradicts mm -hmm. the first thing. And you're like, but wait. But wait. But this this thing said it was this way, and it made sense to me. Yeah. And if that's what works for you and your needs uh, in the structure that you exist in, that's okay. Do it. Hell yeah. So... In your story. In your story. <laughs> in Minecraft. <laughs> You, you cannot use that defense anymore. Really? People have been um, fully prosecuted for threatening to kill people, quote unquote, in Minecraft. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so many people have made that joke that it is not no longer legally a joke. Damn. Okay. I was not aware of that. But That's wild. Uh, so the within the Anarch uh, source book, there's a bunch of good information. Uh, do one of you guys want to read the little quote? Where? Oh. No one holds command over me. No man, no god, no prince. What is a what is a claim of age for ones who are immortal? What is a claim of power for the ones who defy death? Call your damnable hunt. We shall see who I drag screaming to hell with me. That's from Anarch, PG five. I feel like that needs more metal guitars. No one holds command over me. No man, god, no prince, no prince. Too much. I'm just. Oh, gonna, I'm gonna edit Sorry. the bad to the bone. <laughs> <laughs> so in the Anarch source book, uh, they talk a little bit about Anarchs versus the Unbound. So Anarchs are vampires that actively take part in the anarchist movement. The Unbound are those vampires that do not live within the Camarilla or actively participate in the moment or the movement. They don't actively participate in the MoMA. I mean, Me sometimes either. I don't actively participate in the moment either. That's fair. Uh, yeah, basically many of the unbound vampires are those who have like fallen through the cracks of society or simply trying to exist on their own terms. A lot of independents, caitiff, thinbloods that are just like, man, I'm just trying to... Autarchus, that's what they're called, Autarchus, right? yes, that is that's another one. So, yeah, if you want to get really uh, pedantic about your terms, there's also a lot of crossover between the anarchs and the unbound, just logistically. So... Camarilla doesn't seem as any different. Nope, not at all. They've actually gotten stricter about, like, well, who counts as what now. So it's just because uh, Camarilla's like, oh, well, if you're not inside, you're outside, you're clearly an anarch and uh, crime. You are walking crime. Get fucked. Yay. <laughs> it's like walking through a really nice suburb <laughs> with this haircut that I have. 
or looking poor or not white. Yeah, yeah. Sarah's gonna say I don't think the haircut is like the wildest part about your look. No. What's the wildest part? The uh, rest of it. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, the makeup or the exceedingly goth gown. It's a sundress. It was like sixty that's degrees cut today. Almost to your hip. They're gonna be upset about that. Yeah, that's fair. I, I forget that this one has a, like they a really you. high slit, and then I, I threw this little like fishnet sweater thing over it to make I, it more modest. Legit, I giggled to myself. I didn't yeah. say anything at the time because it was like not that funny, but I did giggle to myself that at one point I turned around today mm-hmm. and the slit had just like covered almost all the way up to your hip. Like I said, yeah. and I turned around and I was like, "Is she wearing pants?" Oh yeah, she's wearing that dress. I just <laughs> thought you weren't wearing pants in the back of my car. Suddenly, <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> <laughs> not the most surprising thing for this group for someone to just be randomly pantless but yeah, yeah, yeah. no it's just the way I sit the, the slit that normally sits like mid thigh when I sit it just slides all the way up to like my hip bone <laughs> yeah. so I didn't I didn't mean to I'm sorry no it made me laugh <laughs> so while the Camarilla as an organization has strict rules on who is and who is not allowed your area prince might make exceptions based on quote unquote merit which is kind of gross, but, you know, uh, things happen. Or the power balance in the city may allow for the unbound to exist in specific regions or social castes. Things can change from city to city, because, you know. Okay. Why would the Camry be consistent? <laughs> of course not. Yeah, that's like, rules for me and not for thee, blah, blah, blah. And also, if you want to have a game that has themes about dealing with, like, gentrification or uh, redlining and stuff like this, this is a way to make the metaphor very explicit. Woo! Because, you know, bad things are bad. They should be called that. And tweak things however you need your city to run for your story. Yeah, exactly. There's You can you can change things for a cool story. Do it. Uh, there are various accounts within uh, the Anarch book that covers all sorts of different ways to live on life as an Anarch or a part of the Unbound. The book mentions various things like gangs, communes, fraternities, networks, councils, free agents, artists, fires, barons, churches. Get creative with it. I love the idea of an anarch fraternity. It, it, that's like literally our podcast favorite. Like this is our favorite chunk of the book because it's so fucking silly. It's it's a great, great little chunk of that it's one book. It's so funny. It just because it just it's such a read on like the really dumb, uh, like anarcho capitalist fucking like tech bro kind of guys. And it just it's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> Especially with, like, Sam Brankman Freed now going to jail. I'm just like, oh, this is so funny. <laughs> Whoopsie poodle. So, uh, for your chronicles, if you want to run your Anarchs as different forms of organizations, do it. There's no one way that's technically correct or incorrect. So if you want to do it as, like, a health retreat, a guild, outpost co-ops, whatever. They're running a bar together. They're running a coffee shop. They're running a garden. They're running a museum. I don't give a fuck. Have fun. Make it weird. They're running an art installation. Yeah, that's the most, like... Yeah, these are the ones that are running the... Here they are. Uh... They have their giant stack of TVs. <laughs> They're constantly screaming about the how, like, my secondhand leather boots are very unethical <laughs> but everything they're wearing is just creating so many microplastics <laughs> i don't have strong critiques of my own side of the political spectrum not at all anyways so we're gonna delve into what i'm calling a baby bat's guide to building a community Meow. truly Wait, that is not 
Uh, so, uh, if you are an Anarch, you are not going to have the infrastructure, networking, or access to resources like your Camarilla counterparts. That's just how the fuck that works. Yep. Uh, Camarilla has been around since literally the dawn of capitalism. Yep. Yep. Uh, while you might be able to work your way into, like, your local police stations, your borough councils, whatever you have in your city, uh, every other city, top down, is being run by the Camarilla, and they have access to all of that shit, let alone whatever, uh, clause they have in multinational corporations, like, federal governments, militaries, international groups, Like, it's canonical that, uh, Fiorenza has, like, ties in with the UN. Because she was a diplomat when she was alive. And I'm just like, yeah, so you're fighting literally all of society. Yeah. So you're not gonna have as much stuff. Sorry. Yeah. But you know what? You Mm -hmm. make up for it in heart. You do! And you do this also by building things called mutual aid networks. Some of you may ask, what the fuck is mutual aid? Hey, Sarah. Yes. What the fuck is mutual aid? Ah, Mutual aid is a community or network of people that will work together to meet a goal or serve a need outside of standard systems. That oh. sounds like a very cool aid. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds pretty mutual. Yeah. It is mutually cool and good. And an aid. <laughs> yeah. So this can exist in several different ways. So and many of you probably already do this kind of shit. So it's things like neighbors sharing supplies. Uh Friends exchanging food for work, where it's like, hey, fix my computer, I'll make you dinner. Help me move, I bought bought pizza. Yeah, that's mutual aid. Uh, The quote-unquote, the girlies group chat to share safety intel about, like, people in industries that might be problematic. That's even just, like, not just the girlies. I love that that's a thing Mm -hmm. that I didn't necessarily know about, but, like, just scenes in general. Mm -hmm. Like, there are a lot of times when somebody's becoming problematic or dangerous. Like, that one time that one guy was having, like, lots of problems and like threatening to shoot people because they were being like racist even though they weren't being racist and he was sort of carrying guns around in fountain square yeah yeah yeah, yeah. very unfortunate schizophrenic breakdown i believe yeah he took a lot of um illicit substances that really kind of cracked him pretty bad yeah i don't know any more on that guys so don't ask me but yeah there was uh, quite a bit of stuff popping around with pictures of him saying, like, hey, don't let him into the space. He is dangerous right now. Yeah. His family's trying to get him help. Just, you need to call the police. Yeah, I think, like, every local venue I know, like, was posting and sharing all that yeah. kind of shit. But, yeah, it's also very common, unfortunately, between, like, in femme and in queer spaces for people to have, like, little chat groups of people that they know are chill mm-hmm. to share information to be, like... Hey, I'm starting to see this person. Can somebody like do a background check? Or hey, has anybody dated this person before? Or if you're like working in industries that are like hostile to femme and queers, they'll just be like, "Hey, is like this director cool to work with? Can I right. be alone in a room with this person? Do I need to have friends? Like, do I need to worry they're gonna steal my shit?" Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a form of it. There's also you know you could have several families working together to share childcare duties. Uh. That one is one I've seen a lot. And there's also support groups for those affected with, like, chronic illnesses, addiction issues, that kind of stuff. All these forms of mutual aid. Pretty much any support group Mm -hmm. is this. Yes. AA or any, like, survivors support group, Mm -hmm. anything. Hell yeah. So, these are not as uncommon as you think, even though people are not used to the terms. So, in uh, the context of Vampire the Masquerade... Anarch and Unbound Vampires will have to share intel supplies, hunting grounds, security services, and many other unaccounted for resources just to survive. Because you guys don't have the shit the Camry already has. Yeah. 
So, uh, I would say in the context for the game, uh, trading goods and services for boons is a quick and easy system since so many kindred will already know how the boon system works because a lot of them have departed from the Camarilla. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, how in like Fallout, we all like all the characters switch to bottle caps and it's like, oh yeah, we already know how money works. We just like you swap the currency for, yeah. but it's still the same thing. It's kind of like that where it's like, yeah, you can just keep using boons if you want. I might suggest as a storyteller that Anarchs be a little bit more stringent about upholding the honor system similar to boons and that whole like hey i've saved your ass i've done xyz for you i need you to have my back too yeah so how you want to account for that in your game kind of up to you you can keep it word of mouth if you want to have a guy in the scene that just like actually keeps records that's similar to uh harpy yeah that specialized harpy position where they actually like have a ledger that keeps Mm. tracks of all the boons yeah so if you want to do that cool if you just want to have it be a word of mouth where you're just like hey this guy's a fuck nugget you could even, I could even mm-hmm. imagine, say, say, a baron or a mm-hmm. counselor or whatever is running your anarch city being like, this guy did a fucking lot for you for no, for out of the good of his heart. You owe him a boon or two now. Yeah. Just like he's just assigned them, basically. He's just like, assigning boons. It's like he's been busting his ass for all of us. Just give him things. Yeah. Like, fuck it. Help him out. Yeah, help a brother out. I can also definitely see it, especially in anarch circles, like yeah. somebody helping you out, not expecting help, but then reaching out and be like, yo, this thing happened. I need help. Mm-hmm. And you've been like, nah, that would probably travel around pretty quick. Oh, yeah. They're just like, oh, yeah. Be so ostracized. Yeah. If so-and-so is not willing to like pull their fucking weight. Yeah. Yeah. That's a quick way to get fucked. Right. I would film. I would assume. Because, yeah, there was like a lot of that when we were doing punk houses where there was like the trust fund crust mm-hmm. that like had a fuckload of money, wouldn't do wouldn't chip in any of that to help us out but then they would like bump people cigarettes and just like steal booze and shit yeah yeah like fuck those guys i hate that shit so goddamn much so uh by the way so if you're gonna build mutual aid networks this is going to involve you actually having to go out and talk to other vampires and self like yourself yes you in person you have to go talk to other characters with your face with your face and your your mouth the whole face. The whole body, in fact. Jaws and all. Yeah. Gotta flap them jaws in person. So while mortals may bring baked goods to a neighbor, uh, bringing blood, intel, or other goods might be a good icebreaker if you're starting to start, like, build that cycle of trust with the vampires that you don't know. That might be a good way to get in. I feel like bringing something not blood would be my go-to, because mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd just be like, Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it for this blood that you just brought me. I don't know you. I'd there, like, well, there could be the options of like, I could see scenes where somebody like has a decent size herd and they like go to a rant yeah. and they like donate a couple of their herd for the event <laughs> or of an actual person. I, sp- I, yeah. I was seeing it like, here's a blood bag. Well, if like, I'm just going to put that well, in the if trash, you're somebody who it has could definitely just be yours. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. But there could be the, like, you have the hookups for, like, the circulatory system or, like, a blood bank network, and mm-hmm. you could just be like, hey, I have this, like, as proof. You know, you can take it or not if you want more hookups. Let me know. Let me know. Yada, yada, yada. Um, First or, one's free. Yeah. Or if you have samples of, like, hey, I have so a sample of so-and-so's blood from the city. Mm-hmm. The, you know, because fuck that guy, and you just give it to, like, the weird anarch trimmer, you know, and they're just like really we're best friends now <laughs> yes why thank you how, how'd you do this Can you he's do gonna again? have an awful week <laughs> i'm gonna be such a bitch yeah so that's eh. i was just trying to find a food equivalent where it's just like eh, that's, right, right. that's a that's a low somewhat low-key thing that you can do for sure but you know if you have like uh 
things that could be useful to a character and you're trying to like build the networks having a goodie helps yes you will be doing this even if you think the other guy is a dickhead while they might be a monster so are you yeah yeah uh because yeah i've i've dealt with people that have been uh nervous about doing similar things in real life when they're like i'm afraid to go uh do door knocking for political campaigns because what if the person doesn't like me and i'm like well you're not gonna know that until you go knock on the door also you might not like them yeah so who cares yeah, like, the, the whole point of you doing what you're doing is to be, like, building a community, and uh, even if they are, like, a Scrooge grumpy butt. Yeah. The first step of getting the Scrooge grumpy butt to be less grumpy is you have to go and say hello. Yep. Which involves going outside. You gotta go outside. <laughs> you gotta go outside. You gotta you do gotta talk thing. to people. Yes. And, yes, you will be doing this, even if you know for a fact that the other vampire may not like or agree with what you're doing. Yes. It's how you build community. Yes. Even if you're both anarchists, you could... Have completely different thoughts, theories, ideas on how things are going to run. One person might say, burn down your local banks. Mm -hmm. The other person who is also an anarchist might say, arson is bad. Yeah, We shouldn't be burning things down. Yeah, it's like, we don't have the infrastructure to get rid of money, so maybe don't burn the bank down right now. (laughs) Just going to throw that out there. I won't name names, Mm -hmm. because... um, I don't want to um, admit to a crime, but I <laughs> used to um, I used to be a moderator on what we'll call a private invite only forum mm-hmm. that was uh, related to punk music. Uh-huh. And at one point, someone who's I'm guessing clearly younger, mm-hmm. uh, they uh, made a big post where they had a great idea where if we all just started burning money, there would be no money left, and then what would capitalism do? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's really cute. That. I appreciate the enthusiasm. You're like, correct thought, bad methodology. Uh, it turns out they just print that stuff. Right. <laughs> but uh turns out uh, for a story, if you want the story to be interesting, if it's on easy mood all the time and just you win everything easily, it's not going to be a fun story. Sometimes yeah. you have a challenge you need to overcome, and sometimes that challenge is making a friend. Or at least an ally you can work with, even if they're going to be a cunt the whole time. Yeah. Also, most vampires, I have noticed the way people play them and the way they are written in World of Darkness, have a harder time being cruel or acting against someone that they know personally. That makes sense. Yeah, That's kind of how just people are. Yeah, yeah, and vampires tend to mirror a lot of people things, so it's like, it's easy to kill someone you're just like, oh yeah, this fucker, and then it's like, oh fuck, I know Ted. Shit. I didn't want to kill Ted. I didn't want to kill Ted. He makes really good roast. I haven't been able to eat it in about four decades, but no. it smells good. To the point where even if you think that they, if you think they would safe, might even be worth to try these tactics with people in the Camarilla too. Yeah. You still, how else you get people to join your community, but by talking to people outside of your community. Uh-huh. Yes. And also, if you run into a character where uh, they're a little bit uh, lower on the humanity tracker, uh, this is going to be a bit Awkward. more difficult. You can do it. You just gotta find what the fuck they actually care about. But it's doable. It might not be much. Mm-hmm. The secret is to find the things that they also dislike about the Camarilla and unite under that flag. Mm-hmm. Unless it's actually, like... Actually, yeah, with, with people who are so who are down the humanity scale, it might be easier to find things they dislike and, and dislike relate them. with them on that. Hey man, I see you uh, have this 
uh, Room of Horrors. It would be a real shame if somebody made you get rid of that because it's potentially a masquerade breach. <laughs> not the horror room. No, not the horror room. It's where I keep my horses. <laughs> this man's trunk is full of dead horses. I've oh. never seen so many dead horses in all my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a good movie. Um, But yes, uh, some of Duet's work will not be as flashy as combat, but can lead to very interesting and intense scenes. It's something I have run before as a storyteller. It's great. And it's also a chance to let character abilities uh, get a spotlight and shine in your story that maybe don't get highlighted as frequently. Let it shine. Yeah. Let it shine. So if you have characters that are maybe like a little bit more social or lean into politics or hell, even if you want to bully and just intimidate people, be like, hey, you, you'd fuck a dork. We're doing this. Give me your thing. It's Sign also, this petition. It's also a good way for your NPCs to sometimes decide, like, maybe it's easier to go the other way. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't think we actually would have, but mm-hmm. that one gangrel that we met in the mm-hmm. Chicago game, yeah, that, like, Alec was like, I am doing something nice. I found a picture of her and her friends, mm-hmm. and I'm bringing it to her. And I hand it to her, and her first response is, where the fuck did you get this? Yeah. I'm like you're burned down bar she's like oh you went in my haven i didn't know it was your haven it's burned down (laughs) i love playing that npc she was just grumpy no matter what anyone such a fucking jerk yeah spite she's spicy legit alec just left the scene he was like i gotta leave i can't be here right now i i I made a character whose personality was dumpster cat (laughs) (laughs) nobody figured it out i was just like guys you just I tried to bring the tuna. Yeah, yeah, you did it the first time. You gotta keep bringing tuna. <laughs> That's the trick with dumpster cats. I specifically didn't even engage in that situation because I was just like, oh, they're not gonna like me. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I was playing Ellis, the guy who hunted people for sport in yeah. his country club. I was like, "There's if they know who I am, they're not gonna like me. Enjoy just looking at me. They might like me less. <laughs> You're like, I'm just gonna shut the fuck up. And sometimes that is an okay thing. And allowing other people in your coterie to do stuff can be fun. Uh, so, once things are rolling with you uh, starting to build your little mutual aid network, vampires in the city will gain reputations on who is able to supply what. Which I think can be kind of a cool way to build up the culture and various NPCs in your city as well as your characters where it's like, oh, like if you're gaining status in the Anarch movement, it's just like, like what does that actually fucking mean? Because, you know, there isn't the structure that the Camarilla has where if you have status you can potentially like gain court positions and you get things of note that people clearly understand and have marks for in the anarch movement there's not really that as much like they still got barons and all the barons assistants and that kind of stuff but yeah if you're in an area where they're running the baronies as like petite Camarilla towers that would exist, but you could also have anarch enclaves that don't follow any of that. So, mm-hmm. you know, having your street cred and just be like, oh, yeah, no, that that Nosferatu is good with computers. Or if you need someone to, like, I think that was kind of uh, smuggle things. I think that was kind of clannist. A little clannist, but I mean, but, <laughs> but look, look, if they weren't so good at programming VTuber models, <laughs> I would say it. <laughs> God damn it. Congrats on the Game Awards there, Nosferatu, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? It's fucking A. But yeah, it'll be also easier to keep peace amongst each other in your city if everybody has to rely on each other's skills to survive, which is yeah. another reason to do this outside of just 
having access to things is neat. It's like, well, if you all need each other to survive. It's like the guy who mm-hmm. has the sound system in the punk scene that nobody really likes. Mm-hmm. But like you invite him to all the shows because he's got the sound system. Because he actually has the good soundboard. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the one guy that has the drum kit. Right. <laughs> and you're just like, fuck. Ugh, he's such an asshole. But, you know, we need the drum kit. Otherwise, th- there will be no show. Or the three drummers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the three drummers, three drummers everyone shares. <laughs> oh, God. Damn, I should have learned drums. You really should have. guitar shit. Fucking, you would have had the strongest legs in the county. I, I'm already halfway there. I know. Just I'm... imagine how much more powerful you could be, though, if you got drummer legs. They don't fuck around. Need a new hobby. I just saw the ADHD hyperfixation light in his eyes. We're fucked, guys. Please right. just get, like... I mean, I guess I don't live here. I don't give a fuck. No, I was going to say, get an electric kit so it's yeah. not loud. But, I say, know. I own a house with a garage. I can just do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're you're unfettered. You're untethered, my guy. It's wild that the first time I own my own house, I'm, like, so much nicer mm-hmm. to it. It's weird. Yeah, like it's, owning it's like your own property you care yeah, about. Yeah, you haven't put yeah. one don't, piece of ham in the walls. There's no, there's no wall meat. <laughs> I haven't peed on anything. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Wait, we're not supposed to pee on things? Only certain things. Oh, okay. Yeah. The designated pee zones. You can tell by the tiling. Yes. Oh, okay. Got but, it. But, uh... <laughs> Uh, speaking of designated zones, not every Anarch is going to be suited for frontlight fighting or disrupting things, as many people assume all Anarchs are going to be punch things. Just like people. Yeah. Some people are meant to be on the front lines with traffic cones, putting them over smoke or tear gas. Mm -hmm. And uh, some people are meant to be staying in the back, making sure people get water. Yeah. So, you know, when you're planning these things out for your games, consider roles that you can take within a community. Uh, now I'm going to bring up the Social Change Ecosystem Map, which is a cool infographic. There is a book you can buy and download if it's something you want further literature on. I think it was like 20 bucks. You didn't put it in the... I didn't, but I didn't want to c- read the whole goddamn book because I didn't have that kind of time. <laughs> but really, for the game purposes, you really only need the infographic. Right. Which is free online. You can find it wherever. Uh, but yeah, this helps create a kind of framework and helps people identify and get ideas of what they can offer. And people tend to, uh, be more apt to take actions when they understand what their role is. I have found, cause if you just have a, Hey, go do the thing. And they're just like, I don't know. And it's like, you're a builder, do this. And they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> that sometimes helps people if you give them like a little position of a thing they do. So a couple of quick little uh, title options that might be good for uh, roles to give people in your Anarch games are builders, which are people that develop structures of the movement, whether that's like coordinate, basically people that like coordinate shit, logistics, that kind of shit. Uh, networkers. Uh, these are people that can work out with outsiders to build alliances or gather resources from synthetic parties. So this could be like working with the Unbound or like going to a Camarillo Elysium and just being like, hey, girls up. You know what's good. <laughs> that kind of shit. Because, you know, rich people get bored and they're just like, oh, you know what? I enjoy this little rebel. I'll give him a couple of tuppence and just kind of <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> give me tuppence. I love the idea of somebody in the cam just being like, yeah, I'll help you out. I'll, just I'll... to see how it works out. Yeah! <laughs> they're just like, I mean, he's kind of cute. Sure. Like, what's going to happen? Right. They're not going to overthrow it. Here's anything. like 10 grand. I, I know you're not going to overthrow anything, but you know what? Hey. You can give it a shot. Here's three bands. Have a good time. (laughs) (laughs) There's also um, artists and visionaries. These are people that can share stories from the past, communicate current events, and share what is possible for the future. Yay. 
So if you want people that are like doing the graffiti and the tagging and the wheat pasting and uh, giving the fiery speeches and all that kind of shit, that's these guys. Uh, there are healers and these are people that tend to work on healing traumas, both personal and uh, systemic for the community. Uh, so these are probably people in the community that are going to be trying to like help with like maintaining humanity and making sure people are able to work together and that kind of shit. Keeping an eye on the Malkavians. Yeah, checking out the Malkavians. Make sure that the, the ministry isn't getting too spicy. Or the ministers that are just like, no, I'm here to help your soul. And it's like, are you? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Some of you are, some of so you are you not. <laughs> some of you are not. Some of you are, though. You're trying. Uh, and there's also caregivers. And these are people that make sure that there's food, supplies, services for those in the community who need them. So this is like the the more uh, uh, praxis, like material conditions kind of logistics people. They're just like... Food, not bombs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Food, not bombs. You know, uh, people are just like, oh, hey, we're working on this project so we need to make sure that we have like cables and cars and all that kind of shit so tons of different things you can do with that with characters that i think would be kind of neat stories and builds Mm -hmm. and something you might have to deal with in a city with all these roles that i think would be a particularly funny or interesting Mm -hmm. uh, plot line if you're running an anarch game is it's kind of like the meme of the sad person it's like my face when i find out that the the commune already has an anarchist meme page admin (laughs) (laughs) it's like not everyone can be the one writing poetry like someone's gonna have to do some work around here someone has to do the goddamn dishes and make sure the recycling gets sorted yeah that's usually been me Let's be real, none of us ever really did dishes. I got tired of doing it. That was the problem. I was doing it so often and no one was noticing or helping or caring. I gave up and then the dishes got... I don't think that's fair, Sarah. There were were times in the houses that that happened. Everyone makes fun of the guy who eats the lean cuisines until the dishes pile up and I don't have any. (laughs) No, I still make fun of you. I I just made fun of you because I was like, the lean cuisines are not filling and they're mostly salt. I think they're pretty filling. Okay. They're good on a diet. Okay, that's fair. So, uh, for those who find these to be interesting but want further info and resources, especially for, like, storytellers that are like, I don't understand the logistics of this. What does this mean? Yeah. Um, there's a couple articles I recommend, which one of them is Four Key Takeaways from Mutual Aid Organizing During the COVID-19 Pandemic by Haritha Kumar, and it's on Beaker Center, that website. There's also what infrastructure supports do mutual aid groups and social movements need to succeed from Hannah Martin, um, Urban Wire. And then there's uh, mutual aid is essential to our uh, survival, regardless of who is in the White House by Dean Spade on Truthout. And if reading is not your bag, uh, Reverend Ollie on TikTok has like playlists about mutual aid organizing and they show literal video TikToks of them with their wife and kids making sandwich packs to give out to the homeless in rural Virginia and tons of other shit. You get it, Reverend. Yeah. I was like, I'm here for Get it, Rev. Uh the 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 trans man queer preacher wearing like the comical or for me it's comical like preacher outfit with the big black hat and the white collar and the black robes and just like handing out sandwiches and That's just being punk as, as fuck. fuck. Yeah. It's cool. That's a vibe. Yeah, Reverend Holly's pretty dope. All right, so now we're going to talk about direct action. Things you can also do, especially after you have a mutual aid network, to get you supplies. Who wants to read the little quote? Direct action, simply put, means cutting out the middleman. Solving problems yourself 
rather than petitioning the authorities or relying on external institutions. Any action that sidesteps regulations and representation to accomplish goals. And that's from a civilian guide to direct action. Yeah. So direct action concludes any and all of these things and some other things. So this will be like strikes, sit-ins, blockades, vandalism, hacking, boycotts, squatting, sabotage, pranks, arson, assassination, rioting, insurrection, blah, 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 blah. Tons of different options. Yes. Hi, John. You got, you sat up. Did you say pranks? I did say pranks. Pranks are direct action? Yes. They They can can be. be. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the times of like, people that are being uh, dickheads to various communities and then they're giving a speech and somebody comes up and pies them. Yeah. Yeah, direct action. Nice. Or, you know, the kid that, like, threw the egg at King Charles. Yeah. I was just like, yes, I follow that guy on TikTok. He's fantastic. Nice. That makes a difference. <laughs> Improv anywhere does not. That's, I think that's how you determine if a prank is direct action. Or okay, not. yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, direct action it, prank is improv with intent. Right. So, uh... Going to give the note of both violent and nonviolent direct action are possible within a World of Darkness game. I am going to give the real world note of, uh, per the research of Erica Chenoweth and Maria J. Stefan in their book, Why, C- Why Civil Resistance Works, roughly 3.5% of a population actively participating in a protest ensures serious change. You really don't need that many people. Unless the population is huge and then you're just like, fuck, but it's percentage, yeah, roughly 3.5%. Nonviolent protests succeed 53% of the time versus violent protests succeeding at 26. Hmm. Uh, the, uh, they, they basically did a metadata study of between 300 and 400 uh, different protest movements. Was with, that here in the States? Uh, it Worldwide. Interesting. Yeah, so they gather data on like Violent, non-violent, success, non Like, there's... I read a bunch of charts. Uh, but that's kind of the breakdown on that. Um, and a chunk of the reason why they believe that this uh, success rate difference is is uh, non-violent protests tend to have lower barriers of entry, tend to be less dangerous, tend to be less secretive, which leads to a wider access uh, to participating in the action. Uh, they maintain a moral high ground with the general public, and are more likely to gain support from the police and military personnel. Hmm. So if you get to the point where your protest gets enough momentum, uh, if you're nonviolent, you're much more likely to have uh, enforcing figures to side with you. Because they go, okay, I see what they're doing. This is not worth me shooting them. (laughs) So, you know, things to keep in mind with your storytelling and your plots and just things going on in the real world to keep in context. So... Also, on that note, be aware, direct action rarely accomplishes anything in isolation and can have negative repercussions. So, a singular action is not going to tear down the system. As many movies and stories do that whole, uh, what was it, Mockingjay or whatever, where it's like, oh, the system's corrupt, but then there was like one girl in a dress and she did a thing dramatic and then caused a riot. That generally is not how direct action works. You have to do a lot of it contiguously and in conjunction with other wider movements. So you're not going to firebomb Elysium. <laughs> and I mean, then you could, you could, but that's not going to bring down the whole Camry. But then you got to firebomb the next Elysium and yeah. the next Elysium and the next Elysium. 
Yeah, and we as we discussed, the success rate of violent <laughs> the direct not actions high. not as good. No, what's going to happen is if you firebomb the first Elysium, they're going to be like, what the fuck? Look for them. And then the second one, they're going to be like, okay, we'll just kill anybody like them. Yeah, exactly. Which does lead into my point of uh, your actions may be twisted as threats by the establishment, thus providing them with, quote unquote, permission to react with extreme prejudice. Yep. So this can include not only harm to your player characters, but also NPCs on an individual and community level. Uh, be aware that uh, what blowback may come from your action and consider communicating with those characters to get their input and possibly setting up mutual aid to support them in any hardships that you will be causing. This is one of those uh, keep an eye on your touchstones moment. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on your touchstones. Keep an eye on your allies, your contacts. Uh, other Anybody that could be involved with you. Yeah. Publicly. Yeah. Because there's, you know, lots of uh, communities in Vampire that are uh, marginalized that you might think that you're helping and you do a thing and it does not help. And you just made it worse. So be aware of those things. Okay? Okay, cool. Uh, where am I still list? Oh. Also, doing direct actions. They're often illegal. Regardless of uh, the moral implications. So you might be doing the correct thing, but the law is going to go, nope. Dude, like those homies that blocked, um, fuck, the, there's a huge bridge. Uh, mm-hmm. the Palestine stuff? Yeah, like the Brooklyn that? Bridge. It was a big event. Yeah. Oh, the one in the UK or the one here? Yeah, there was like the, one the Brooklyn here. Bridge in New York and I got blocked and there was During, like. During like a big event. Yeah. Because I know the protests in the UK is like set records for like the mm-hmm. biggest fucking good yeah and then there's like uh but they like blocked a whole ass like yeah it was the brooklyn bridge during i think there was the biden was visiting uh i think there's that i know there's those people like that blocked the macy's day parade yeah but like gluing themselves to the cement that's what i was thinking which i was like that's kind of dope not gonna lie pretty dope but also uh there's also you know people that like will do sit-ins and like chain themselves to things or they'll block cargo ships Mm -hmm. and various other things that are those oh, are some of the illegal. bigger, yeah. Those are some of the bigger ones, but there's even smaller things like wheat pasting posters. Depending on where you put them, technically that's vandalism and that's still a crime. You can get yeah. got for so you know. Uh, and, and in terms of like VTM traditions, if you're like going into a Camarilla area and you're causing problems, you're technically like breaking the tradition of domain. Right. More times than not, that's the big one you're going to be doing, and that's the one they're going to get you on. Or you're doing these actions, which is a masquerade breach. <laughs> Which feels a lot like when the government's like, this is terrorism, and it's like, everything is terrorism to you. What is terrorism anymore? I don't... Fuck. Terrorism <laughs> is doing anything that disagrees with you. Mm-hmm. Also, be aware that your direct actions may upset people. Whether this is the general populace seeing you as inconvenient, cowardly, selfish, uncivilized, dangerous, etc. Or those even involved within your movement seeing you as excluding others for whatever reason because you're doing something secret, and they're just like, why aren't you letting people be involved? People have... the blah, 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 blah. Or uh, you're putting other people in danger without considering them, or you're not following whatever set of purity goal or posts that are involved in their metrics of things. Somebody's going to probably be upset with you. Somebody's always upset with yeah, you. Yeah, so you know, just be aware of that. Just be pre- just be prepped for that. There's there's going to be some sort of... Somebody's going to be upset with spaghetti. So consider this basically as a tool for your anarchs to use, whether they're building their own city or striking out against Camarilla. So that's kind of direct action basics. So... You want to do a direct action. Uh, I'm going to suggest you set up uh, what is 
commonly referred to as a an affinity group within anarchist circles. This is basically just a coterie. <laughs> Wait, do they call it? Yeah, it's called affinity groups. groups. Yes. In in anarchist circles. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's funny. Yeah. So if you want to use that term in your game, being like, no, we're not a coterie. We're an affinity group. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. All right, kiddo. It's fun. But yeah, basically the way it's described is basically just a coterie. Uh, but uh, having a secure coterie within the game can uh, allow you to trust and work together on the same goals to ensure long-term success. So having a functioning coterie is good, particularly with the Anarchs. I've played in a lot of games where the coterie is not functioning well. And thankfully most of those were Camarilla games, so it's like, if we fuck up, it's fine. Right. There's, there's other people. When you're Anarchs, it's you. It's only you. DIY. It becomes a problem. Yeah. So, if a project or goal requires you inviting new people, avoid security risks by extending invites and sharing intel on a need-to-know basis. Security can always be lowered. You cannot crank it back up most of the time. Yeah. 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 So, for plot reasons, if you're like, oh, we're doing this big thing, we gotta get a special logistics guy. Uh, Vampire games love running on rumors and secrets and trading intel, so, you know... That Better whole, watch out for that guy. Yes, yeah, so that whole espionage side of the game. This is kind of where that like super kicks in a lot. Um, sure, everyone in the coterie is up to speed on whatever their specific expectations are. Because if they don't know, they're going to fuck up. Or be upsetty spaghetti that they're like, well, I didn't know I was supposed to do this. Or you guys have loaded me with too much. And blah, 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 blah. So, dramas. Uh, ensure you have what I love, lovingly like to call fuck up protocols. Because you're going to fuck up. Uh... Plan exit strategies for each step of your action and a secure meetup point far away and out of sight. Under the bridge. And maybe have multiple. I've found more times than not having one, a second one maybe, but like don't have too many because then you're all just going to run to different things and then not go to the... Meetup? Yeah. Yeah. So that's just a good security thing in general. Like even if you're just going to concerts, having a designated... We are going to meet at this tree. Yeah. Just, just Last good time life I was skills. at the Ren Fair, we mm-hmm. just kept going to the same spot for like sit down, drink our water. Hell yeah. And there was a time because it was fucking crazy hot and I was wearing a lot of shit. I no. was like, I'm starting to get dizzy standing out here in the direct sun. And I just looked at my friend and I was like, I'm going back to our spot. Mm-hmm. And she went, our spot? And I said, yeah, the same spot. And she goes, oh, okay. And I went back and I sat down there and Hell yeah. 20 minutes later they came and walked up to me. Yeah. Uh, That's an example. Hell yeah. Gonna recommend <laughs> uh, keeping changes of clothes or having ways of using obfuscate at the ready is good. Because sometimes changing your look and just blending in with a crowd is going to be your only chance of avoiding detection. Yeah. Sometimes even just changing your uh, outline is enough. Because people are bad at finding things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially in crowds. <laughs> Especially in crowds. Even if you have superpowers. Yep. <gasps> Have mortal contacts, such as lawyers, etc., if you happen to get detained by regular cops. Because sometimes the thing that's going to fuck you up was not the supernatural shit. It was just a security guy. Right. And because of the masquerade, you're like, well, I can't rip this guy in half and I don't have cloud memory. Cool, I guess I'm being arrested. <laughs> like, just regular ass arrested. I love just doing- Just regular ass arrested. I love doing that shit to players as a storyteller where it's like, everyone's like scheming and planning against like- vampires werewolves or mages or whatever the fuck and they just totally forget like regular cops exist and i'm just like all right what are you gonna do about this <laughs> presence <laughs> yeah like if you have a way to get around that shit cool sometimes people are just like uh fuck i guess i just fuck. I, I guess i'm just going to jail 
in those cases, uh, having numbers written on a hidden part of your body with a Sharpie is good. So you can call your contact to be like, hey, so I'm in regular ass jail. I need you to come get me before the sun comes up because uh, problems. It's going to be a bad time. Yeah. Uh, have bail funds available before taking your direct action. So that way, if you do go to regular ass jail, you can just get the fuck out. Yay! Hooray! This is where keeping a liquid pool of resources available to the coterie is a solid investment. Even if it's just a, you know, you might be able to bribe somebody if it's a vampire that's, like, grabbing you. Right. But, you know. Speaking of that, uh, having boons or contacts within the Camarilla uh, is a good idea in case you happen to get nabbed by the sheriff, their hounds, or the scourge. That'd be fucking hysterical. You're doing mm-hmm. some direct action. The hound or the hound finds you, takes you to the sheriff. Sheriff takes you to the prince, and you go, "Oh, well, the primogen and the bruja um, over here." Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, they're not around. Uh, the primogen and the Nosferatu here yeah. owes me like a life boon. So How about you... we just leave the city? Yeah, I'll and just we'll go. Just do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, now you have to defend me in vampire court, my guy. <laughs> Thanks. That's the fun part about the boon. You decide how it gets spent, not them. Mm-hmm. So if they're like, I owe you a boon, I'm going to get you out of here. And you're like, no, you're going to defend me. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. not going to lie, the Sharpie tactic still might be a good idea here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if you have a boon with somebody in the Camarilla, like, like, uh, like even if it's like a high-ranking harpy, just be like, oh, yeah, I know so-and-so. And they're just like, really? And they're just like, I'm like, yeah, give me your phone, bitch. I'll call him right now. And they just lift your shirt up and you're just like typing from the number that's written on your stomach. <laughs> you look dumb as fuck, but you have the number. You got it. But you got it. Uh, you also, when you're captured, might be pushed into snitching or spying on behalf of the Camarilla. Uh, or will be made an example of at court. So uh, being prepped for things to go bad with the fuck up protocols. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so decisions within the Coterie should be made as a group. Oh, Having consensus meetings to check up on things is good. I also just enjoy those scenes. Looking at you, Ventru. Mm-hmm. Consensus is good. to Make sure everybody's on the same fucking page. But I have the money. <laughs> if the project <laughs> the involves money. enough parties, having a larger meeting or even setting up spokes cancels may be in order. So, for those who don't know, uh, a spokes cancel is when you have multiple coteries or communities... Uh, and you need to have a, a larger coordination meeting, uh, you can send representatives or spokes to a council meeting to re- to advocate on the smaller group's behalf. Oh, like a wheel. Yeah! Uh, these spokes can be voted upon or rotated among the group on a lottery system, ABC order, age order, who gives a fuck. You figure it out in your smaller group. Could also definitely just be like, you're gonna be our speaker, that's your job now. Yeah, like that, that would be voted upon, where the group's right. like, you're the best at talking. That's your job. That's what you do. Uh, but, you know, other groups are maybe be like, I don't like the power imbalance of that, so we're mm-hmm. just going to rotate it or draw straws or right. Rochambeau, however the fuck you want to do it. Uh, the goal is to keep the power spread out amongst the population while being able to coordinate on larger projects and needs. So basically having a spokes council allows the uh, power distribution to remain as uh, non-hierarchical as possible while still being able to actually do the fucking thing. Yeah. Hooray. Uh, coteries that can work together on a longer time scale can form things called collectives, which are non-hierarchical groups that can run on a consensus that share power and resources. Nice. So instead of 
LA, I guess is the best example of the Anarch Free States where each little borough basically is its own little like mini barony. If they were all able to work together and form the wider council like Jeremy McNeil wanted to do, that would be a collective. So, cool. Uh, try to avoid creating power imbalances when you're doing anarch shit. Uh, while some characters may be natural leaders, it is vital, vital to not repeat the mistakes of previous vampire generations. Check-ins with the Coterie and rotating duties can help avoid uh, raw feelings and desire for power grabs. So if we're all working together constantly, you're less likely to be like, but this is mine. Mm-hmm. So, cool, cool. So, uh, you got your group together. You got all your protocols, everything set up. Uh, time to do the actions. Uh, I'm going to recommend be creative with your actions and your goals. If the regular ass plan would have worked, the Camarilla wouldn't be here. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta brainstorm. You gotta work together. Try to think of something that's a little wild and out of the box, or a little bold and brash. Like, hmm, spreading rumors that the prince only likes to feed off of fresh trout. Sure. I don't know why that. That's kind of embarrassing for a prince, probably. Yeah, it's it's not a it's not a strong look. Right. Yeah. Starts but, weakening his power base, his respect in the city, mm-hmm. and you, you spread those rumors and slowly escalate worse rumors, and then people will start to dislike the prince. Yeah. Unless he's a gangrel, and then it's kind of a flex. It's like, no, I catch those myself. Oh shit! Just shirtless in the creek, just grabbing them. Yeah. Yeah. You're not a fucking bear. <laughs> what if his nickname is the bear? Or what oh, if he's just a large, hairy man? That could also just be a bear. Yeah. yeah. Doubling down on bareness. <laughs> uh, I will point out that uh, wild and bold ideas will be less expected, and thus there'll be less barriers to overcome. So the more just kind of out of pocket your plan is, the less infrastructure they're going to have prepped to, like, fuck with you. So if you're like, we need to tack Elysium. Like, everyone expects you to tack Elysium. Everyone's expecting that. Yeah. But if you're like, well, is there an Elysium? We can go to the Seneschal's art gallery because they're not there. And I'm like, oh, girl. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. That's cooking with some gas. So uh, decide not only the steps of the plan, but plan for what kind of messaging you want to get out of the situation. So basically, what is the goal of this action? uh, And what intel do you want to communicate with the action? Because whether you are actively trying to spread a message or not, doing a direct action is always a form of communication. So, uh... You're going to be saying something with your direct action, regardless of how you perceive it. So what are you saying? And this is a chance for you to directly control what that messaging is going to be. So having an idea of what that's going to be and sticking to it is going to be important. Uh, What do you want outsiders to think and feel about your action? So since you have a chance to control your narrative before the harpy, like spin doctors get a chance to like counteract what you're saying, uh, having a solid bullet point however you want to go about it this is your chance like you're you're literally your m&m eight mile moment like this will be it that you're only gonna get one shot at this so please don't fuck it up and then you puke spaghetti all over yourself yeah so with this mess yeah i watched that movie yeah well i did not my (laughs) friend uh showed me some choice clips from that movie Mm -hmm. fucking wild I forgot that the, all the things in that movie. It's fucking. I, I don't know if I can recommend it, but it is a wild ass movie. I think I read a review the other day that summed it up as like 
Eminem says eight LGBT slurs. Me, the poet of our generation. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it was the style at the time. Most yeah. of that movie is him just calling dudes gay. And everyone's like, fucking yeah, B-Rabbit. Yeah, Get him. That's, that's just how people did insults before Wanda Sykes told us it was a bad idea. Wanda Sykes. Fucking national icon. But <laughs> I was going to say ended homophobia. I, I wish. I really <laughs> yeah. wish. She, she took a big old swing at it, though. You know, did. God bless her. Did. Uh, did a hell of a lot better than uh, Macklemore. Yeah. Uh, but racism with your uh, uh with your plans on the narrative uh are is your goal to do you want sympathy are you trying to inspire others um are you wanting to make people mad are you trying to scare them are you trying to create a symbol of resistance uh these are things that you need to talk about and decide on yeah unfortunately the half of the planning is going to be like but what does this thing that we're doing actually mean because if you don't give that actual meaning, somebody will write it for you and it's going to fucking suck. Yeah. <sighs> uh, coordinating your efforts with artists, popular figureheads, rumor mongers, or even sympathetic harpies can work wonders for how the wider public views your action. Because, yeah, uh, there's a lot of people at the Camarilla that are just like, look, I like being inside because I have stuff. And you're just like, yeah, that's cool. But you want to be one of the cool kids and have the inside tea? And they're just like, girl, yes, I do. And I'm like, okay. Sit down, Hundy. <laughs> Which I've found does have some interesting parallels when uh, I have participated in political things that there's a weird amount of detached rich people that just want to feel like they're involved in things, but they will not do anything. But you can absolutely, absolutely steer them in the direction of helping in very specific ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. AKA, you have money. Mm-hmm. And people listen to you because of your, your money, money and privilege. So what if I just give you this note card? <laughs> That's yeah. why so many art galleries usually have a charity behind our events. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who will pay to look at art and then like to feel good about it's going to a charity that they don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm doing a good thing. And it's like, this is a place where people launder money. But anyways, so the groundwork of your direct action, you've made your plan, you figured out your messaging, you got some logistics figured out. Uh, this is a good time to go back to episode 56 projects to find different ways uh, to make this aspect of uh, the direct action as in depth or as streamlined as you want for your game and your table. Cause some people are going to want the nitty gritty heist prep every step thing. And some games are just going to want to, can we, uh, can we montage this and get to the, get to the thing. So right. you decide how you want to do that for your table. So things in groundwork that you might want to consider as things that could happen as events in the game would be like scouting, collecting maps, digital surveillance, bribing officials, building up assets, creating security protocols, creating a communication system, deciding on apparel. Which sometimes that, that is a shocking amount of if you're doing sneaky uh, anti-establishment things, the apparel is such a big thing; it's ridiculous. Uh, stocking up on blood, uh, contacts with allies and building up those networks practicing any steps of the plan to avoid fuck-ups setting up supplies and drops as needed ahead of time uh assigning roles to handle interference backlash and any efforts involved in the action coordinating transport and so many others like doing one direct action could just be a whole fucking chronicle yeah if you really want to do that or you can just montage it do what you want this is a good let people have fun 
I think that it's kind of a cool idea, you know. I'm using a uh, mm-hmm. violent direct act, direct action because that's easy here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we want to, I don't know, blow up the prince's favorite diner because his touchstone owns it. Oh, shit. And we want to piss him off a whole bunch. Well, that means we got to figure out, well, one, who his touchstone is, mm-hmm. where that diner is. Um, we got to figure out... You what know, the schedule is. Right, what the schedule is. When do they have, you know, cameras? Do they have... I'm sure if the prince is loving it so much, he probably has got cameras or something on yeah, it. Yeah, or people that just watch, watch. it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, we can't attack can the prince directly, but we can get people that he cares about. Right. Yeah. Um, and that could be, yeah, that could be a whole season. Yeah. Of, of planning, and then, you know, the big climax of your chronicle is pulling it off. Yeah. The heist. Right. Heist. Heist. Yes. So, during Country, the action. You got so excited. I love, heist, heist, I love heist, planning heist. and pulling off heists and games. Yeah, it's super fun. That's why Shadowrun's so great. Yeah. So, during That's the action, it is. <laughs> uh, maintain communication, sync watches, and be, pre- be prepared for everything to go wrong. Because it always does. It always mm. goes wrong. I've never had a, ga- a heist go correctly. It's true. In a game. Never La- once. Last time we had to start a fire using Christmas decorations, I believe. You did, yes. Had to is a very... Well, uh... you chose to. <laughs> You, you had to flee. You decided uh, to give yourself more time in the fleeing wood, uh, starting a fire. And honestly, considering everything that was happening in that house party, I, I was like, yeah, I've, you guys are totally morally okay to just burn this house down. I'm kind of okay with it. Yep. <laughs> you with like 80% of the people in it inside. Yeah. Yeah. They were, if I remember properly, diablerizing thinbloods in the yep. party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just for yeah. funsies. We let, we let all the thin bloods loose before we went, so oh, they the ones, had a chance. All the ones you could find. Yeah. Yeah. And a bunch of mortals. We said, the only way out is to fight your way out. Mm-hmm. And then they probably didn't. They probably didn't know. But, you know, you gave, you gave them a chance. Yep. Uh, I think we even gave them a gun. Mm-hmm. While you're doing a direct, you did give one guy a gun. But when you're doing the direct <laughs> action, uh, stick to the plan. The plan will go tits over kettle at some point. But coordinating ahead of time should give you plenty of resources and backed up to get the job done regardless. So if the party, the coterie, did the logistics and the prep work, earned their successes for the plan, when it does fuck up, they should be able to pull on those to, like, at least correct the problem as best they can. Mm -hmm. It's like, the ship didn't go completely the direction we wanted, but it's still going north. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> also as your players uh as the players uh don't get greedy during the action uh if you get a w just take it and leave yeah because the amount of times people are just like oh yeah we did the thing i can get this other thing and i'm like good luck the the round i gave you guys to escape uh you used it doing something else so uh guess who's here <laughs> <laughs> they're on you uh now i have to release the sheriff god damn it uh but yes when you are doing a direct action, you are essentially playing a big game of cops and robbers. So action scenes like this can be very exciting. So keep in mind consent sheets and uh, making sure everyone is aware of what is at stake and what the possible consequences are uh, when they're doing these kinds of scenes. Because I feel like it would suck to be like, hey, we're planning on doing this, like, you know, uh, 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 blowing up of the... Uh, diner we do a lot of diners in this show diners are cool but you know blowing up the diner of the mortal of that somebody like the prince likes i feel like it would be shitty as a storyteller to not bring up so it's like hey guys this is a really cool idea pause as your storyteller i'm letting you know if you do this you will be 
here's the consequences if you succeed, and here's what could happen if you fuck up. If you guys are cool with that, we're gonna proceed. Okay, cool. Because mm-hmm. it sucks when you're just like, I'm planning on this, and then there's like a weird level of harshness that wasn't uh, calibrated ahead of time. Yeah. But I mean, if you're gonna kick the beehive, you're, there should be consequences, but also, I don't know anybody that's kicked a beehive and didn't know that, like, hornets suck. Yeah, right. So... Right. <laughs> Kicking a beehive and not knowing there's hornets in there uh, is a shitty thing to do to people, so don't do it. I mean, as a, as a storyteller, you don't necessarily have to be like, this exact thing is going mm-hmm. to be the consequences. But like being, oh, a random group of unidentified kindred blew up the prince's favorite person's diner. He's going to be putting like, you know, hit squads out on you. You you have gone to five stars on GTA. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to stay not, there for a hot minute. Plus, Benny's going to be after him, too. Oh, oh yeah. Well, maybe it's not the same. That's fair. It could be a different diner. Oh, no. Yeah, it could I be a rival. Di- maybe Benny did it to take out a rival diner. Maybe Benny's going to help you out because the rival diner was about to put gravies out of business. Well, that's fair. See, that, that's See, that's why, that mutual aid. That's that mutual aid. If you did Benny those connections ahead of time. <laughs> Benny's got a hiding spot. Benny might be able to help you out or give you an alibi. It is... Tons of options. See, this is why you do the logistics prep and the groundwork before you do the action. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, also, uh, if you need to pause in the middle of things to take breaks, because, you know, I've I've been in the heist game where you're like, okay, we're doing the scene, we're doing the scene, and then something like, usually a messy crit or beast fail happens and everybody's like, fuck. Taking a minute to pause to, like, think as a player to be like, shit, what am I going to do? Because the whole plan is, like, fucked. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Having ha- giving yourself bullet time to think, yeah, do it, go for it. I'd rather you guys have a fun and good story as opposed to, well, it broke the immersion. Right. I'm like, well, yeah, that, if breaking like, immersion is something that would ruin the fun for you guys, yeah, that's fine. Keep it right. quick, but you know. I also think that you're you're vampires. I don't mm-hmm. know. Most vampires are just better at most things than humans. Mm-hmm. So like quick problem solving and that kind of thing. The bullet time, in my opinion, makes sense. Because yeah. a vampire that's been alive for 150 years is going to be able to process and think of solutions probably faster than a person who's been alive for 20. Yeah, because the odds are the person who's been alive for 20 hasn't done shit like this. The vampire's like, oh, yeah, I, I remember this from, like, back in 56. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I think the old safe house is still up. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah see, this this... If they've done the logistics ahead of time, this could be a time for a storyteller moment of, hey, give me an int and streetwise roll. How many successes? Okay, well, because you prepped, you just remembered that there is a back door here or whatever the fuck. Right. You know, reward people for being creative and doing cool story shit. So after your direct action, it is a time to regroup, heal up, count your blessings and continue on working. Because the movement don't stop. Also, it's like a shark. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. I love sharks. If They're it so stops, good. it dies. Yeah, it's true. Sharks are great. Uh, the the icon for the Anarch movement, shark. <laughs> we have the little shark emoji in the... Yes. Oh, yes. oh, the doofy little shark from the toothpaste? Shark. Yes. I love him. Shork. 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 Uh, there is also no way to account for every reaction or consequence of a direct action. Preparing ahead of time is going to help push things in a desired direction and have the support you need afterwards to get things figured out if they get too spicy. But yeah, like even I, having 
played and run various things that basically would just count as direct action in games, yeah, there's literally no way to account for just uh, things that will happen in improv, things that players are going to chuck at you, things your storyteller is going to chuck at you. You cannot account for everything in your planning. Mm -hmm. So uh, be prepared for that. If that's something you don't like in your game, talk about it before you put all this effort into doing that kind of part of your game. Also, like, kind of on that topic, but not quite. Mm -hmm. um, when planning these kinds of things in-game, it's not going to help you that much to keep a bunch of cool stuff secret from your storyteller. Mm -hmm. Also, on your storyteller's, like, side, if your players are telling you, this is our plan, this is what we want to do, it's not very cool of you to just be like, cool, I'm going to find specific ways to fuck that up. It's, Does that make sense? Putting complications between it? Yes. Yes. That's fine. But being like, they want to, I don't know, get in a van and mm -hmm. drive it to this place. Just being like, sorry, van's not there. Or the van is there, but the wiring shot. Right. It's just like, you don't think we would have maybe checked that? And it's like, I don't know. Did you? That Okay. So that example, that's something that I, uh, if I was storytelling, if the players had not, during their uh, groundwork time, during the project, did not plan for any transport, I would throw in a complication like that, where it's like, well, you guys didn't at any point say transport. Right. Uh, so good luck, I guess. Um, give me a roll, but because they had done X, Y, and Z planning, like depending on how many successes they had on the planning stage, I might just be like, oh, yeah. So-and-so remembered, did actually remember a car, and you all just like panic for a second, or... You don't, but because you were doing surveillance, you're aware that there was a vehicle mm -hmm. that you could, like, hotwire. Right. Yeah. Or you find a you find the van, you realize the wiring shot, but it's like, oh, well, so-and-so in your group has got, like, a really high craft score. If they want to roll a wits and craft to just... Kind of figure it out. Yeah, figure it out real quick. That's also an option. I guess I was more pointing at, like, almost yeah. um, just adversarial storytelling no yeah essentially you know what i mean yeah yes and as much as you can yeah because yes and or no but no but yeah like yeah if you're gonna say no try to give them a cookie of like that won't work because thing but i like where you're going what do you think about x x that's always good yeah because i've I'm a player that if I'm in a game knowing that the storyteller is going to be hostile and doing a hostile story, I enjoy that stuff. I don't enjoy it when the storyteller uh, is inconsistent. Is inconsistent. It. And also it sucks when the player has invested dots, particularly in like backgrounds or skills, and that shit's not being acknowledged for the convenience of the storyteller for the plot to make things hard. Yeah. Because it's like, look... The, the difficulty is already hard because these Anarchs don't have, literally do not have the infrastructure or the power base that the Camarilla does. And if they're taking the time and effort to do a direct action against the Camarilla, like that shit's already on hard mode. Mm -hmm. If you want to make it that hard, cool, I guess. But like, make sure that that's being communicated and not just like a, well, you didn't prime for it. Get fucked. Right. Because like, that's just not fun, and then you're just kind of stymieing the story for reasons I don't understand. Mm -hmm. So, yes and. Yes and. <laughs> or no but. No or but. Like, you weren't able to steal that, that plain white painter's mm -hmm. van you wanted to use. 
but you were able to find a um a moving truck full of dirt bikes. Ooh. There you go. There or you go. just like, hey guys, give me wits and awareness. Oh, you got five successes? You look around the corner and you realize that the sheriff's uh muscle car is alone. And on. And it's an older muscle car, so those ones are really easy to just like hot wire like you see in the movies. So like if you just <laughs> want to like steal his car in the middle of this, like yeah. And you know what? That's a free and we got this extra. <laughs> just to fuck just, with the sheriff. Yeah, just being like the universe gave you a W, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> like you fucked up, you did not plan for transport, but we stole a lot of cars during our last heist too. You guys stole so many cars. Yep. I wasn't even going to give you guys that option, but y'all just seemed so excited about stealing cars. And I was just like, you know what? Sure. Stealing a car. <laughs> let's, let's just see what happens. I'm just like, can they? Sure, let's see. Depends on their roles. Depends on their roles. And two of them are now fixing up their stolen cars. <laughs> Have they invested anything in, like, changing the VIN numbers? No. That's why I burnt the third one. Yeah. <laughs> I had someone ditch it in the bad part of town and burn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there might not be complications about uh the other cars. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But Who has uh, the other cars. Oh, yes. Yeah, not me. Well, one <laughs> of them I'm excited about because uh, somebody might be building uh, apparatuses. Because mm-hmm. I'm just like, I love it when Vampire becomes a sci-fi game. So good. It's so fun. But speaking of fun, if you are somebody who finds uh direct action sequences to be an interesting thing to chuck into your Anart games, and you want more info. I have some extra recess for resources for you. Recesses. You oh burned some recess pieces. Oh my god! I, I can't. Love them. You're like E.T. You did such a good job. Oh my I'll god! Well, not you. you. No, you, you can have my recess pieces. I'll describe in vivid detail what they taste like. Cool. They taste like peanut butter uh-huh. and sugar. chocolate, yeah. and they got that crunch. I know what peanut butter tastes like. <laughs> oh yeah, I've had fine. it. It's, it's just, little, yeah, yeah. You just add just... some sugar to it. Add a little bit of chocolate and crunch on it. You got it. Done. <laughs> I can. I can imagine it with the theater of the mind. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so extra reading material if you're interested. Uh, the Direct Action Movement is a website as run by a femme Australian coalition of anarchists that have a bunch of resources and how-to guides, toolkits, videos, a bunch of shit if you want to read up on that. Uh, there's also Crime Think, a website I had mentioned that did the uh, book. Spelled and, funky. Uh, it's spelled funky. It's Crime, T-H, Inc. I am T- Yeah. Yes. Uh, but they have tons of resources, zines, posters, how-to guides, podcasts, self-published books, tons of shit. So if you're like, I don't understand how, like, anarchists might work in the game or anarch vampires. I'm like, bunch of free shit. Go check it out. It's had, super cool. Had some other books back in the day. They're pretty cool. Yeah. I feel like 99% of things that you're going to find having to do with anarchism are probably going to be free. You're probably yeah. able to get those resources easily. Or, or weirdly expensive. You, yeah. It depends. Like well, Those are a lot of like times I feel like those are like collector pieces almost. Yeah, because like the book I have from these guys, I, I had acquired in the mid-2000s. And it was, yeah, it was written by the Workers Collective. It was self-published. And they had it printed at a union-owned printer's place in Canada. And all the paper was like uh, recycled. Um fucking love the book it's fantastic i go to the website recently to just like check out what they have now for the episode and they've like redone the book and uh and they were like oh yeah we added more like diagrams and all sorts of other things to the book and i'm like that's cool i might buy this i might buy the second edition of this book just because it's neat um 
But speaking of free resources, if uh, uh, reading is overwhelming for you for whatever reason, or you work a day job and you can't just be reading uh, countercultural materials at the desk, Hi. Uh, there is the Audible Anarchist, which is a collective that does audiobooks for books, essays, and zines that can be listened to on most platforms, including YouTube music. Nice. So, if you're listening to us, you can probably check that out. Yeah, they got tons of uh, old theory books and new stuff, and, and it's it's a good time, and the audio quality is actually good, which I'm impressed because a lot of anarchist projects, it sounds like they recorded in a goddamn soup can. It's because they literally did. Because they probably did. <laughs> So, final thoughts on organizing the Anarchs. Uh, I think this is a really important episode because I feel like the Anarchs are always the, what do we do with this? Like, this sounds really cool. I'm excited. What the fuck? Um, I would say on the resources and everything and learning all these cool old theories and stuff like that, um, great, bring it into your game. Remember that your players are probably, might not be as versed on these theories and all this other stuff. If you're the storyteller, you're doing research for it. So, like, keep that in mind. Be at least mildly nice when they don't know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Theory is not everything. Theory is not everything. In and fact, theory, I think, is like a relatively small percentage compared to actual action. You need to have a combination of theory and praxis. Yay! Yay! Like when we talked about all, the, all those roles that you could have in a city. Yeah. Like, one of those was theory. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's people that are just like, I'm gonna learn all the things to try and figure out all the planning. And it's like, cool, I'm glad you did that. I'm gonna take your ideas, the ones that we think will work, and go do them. Right. Yeah. Because sometimes, uh, while being knowledgeable is good, I always encourage that, uh, sometimes you do just need to go outside and talk to people. Maybe give them a sandwich. Yeah. Because material conditions. And you have to meet people where they're at. And sometimes people have not read the bread book. And no matter how much you yell at them, they need to read the bread book. They're not going to have the time or energy to fucking do that. In fact, they might just respond with, can I just have some bread? Yeah. And you're like, cool. Yeah, here's bread. Right. I will say I tried really hard Mm -hmm. to read Capital and that won't happen again. Das Capital? Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. It is tough. It's 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 a read through. Uh, I would much rather uh, recommend uh, Anarchism and other essays by Emma Goldman. It's a little bit more. uh, It's good hopeful and just being like hey we enjoy creating things and living that's cool we should keep doing that mm-hmm. and not be dicks to each other hooray so uh thank you paralyze for music speaking of mutual aid we mutually wish you to aid our friends in their careers of music hell yeah, yeah. give them yeah. listens cheers maybe a dollar redo or two if you got that yeah they're on the band camp they're uh, on yeah. the band camp yes paralyzed with a z paralyzed um. Our notes here are a little different. We've changed up our social media. We've pretty much abandoned Twitter at this point because it sucks. Yep. And I want to get off my phone. Phone, My phone. Yeah. Need to get it off my phone. Yeah. Um, but we are at Instagram at Blank Bodies Pod. We're on TikTok at Blank Bodies Podcast. And we are on Blue Sky at Blank Bodies. We just got it over there. We just got it. Yeah. Girl. Hey. Yes. Did you say Tumblr already? Uh, we don't really use Tumblr. It so exists. I if you want to look at our Tumblr, though, we got a link on there yeah. to all our other shit. If you guys want to <laughs> write weird VTM NPC fanfics and then let us know on the Tumblr, that would be cool. Yeah. Because um, I think that's what people do on Tumblr, right? Tell us how many do. I don't understand. Yeah, 
write write us a fan fiction about Benny. We would love that. <laughs> um, yes. If you want to get to all of our stuff, though, the easiest way to find our links is just go to blankbodies.com. It's got all those social medias we've linked to our Discord, everything there. And speaking of our Discord, we have a Discord and it's free and we all hang out in there and talk about uh, vampire and other games and Mm -hmm. video games. And there's been movie streams. There's a bunch of games happening in the server. Werewolf, Mage, Vampire, Deadlands, um, all kinds of stuff. If so you want to come say hey and share your cool projects, we have a community promo thing, so we're happy to like look at people's cool projects and uh, maybe try out your cool projects if yeah. it's a game. Yeah, we love projecting. We do like cool projects. I like, always tell I get mm-hmm. I giggle so often with my friends here in like real in the real meat space mm-hmm. who are like, man, I just I'd love to play a role playing game. I just don't have anywhere to do it, and I'm like, really. I bet you join the Blank Bodies Discord. Here's a Discord link. Yeah. <laughs> that's where you find out who actually want to play role-playing games. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell the fuck yeah. Um, and if you are uh, wanting to support us in a mutual aid way, we do have a Patreon. Yeah. It's, uh, we have all kinds of tiers. Five bucks gets you a fancy Discord title and our patron-exclusive episodes. Uh, the one this month is coming out still. It was delayed a little bit. Because I bought a bit off a bit more than I thought. Oops. Trying to work on the uh, supernatural and don't invite the vampire in flaw. Mm-hmm. Um, you started researching out, folk uh, folk tales and realized it was a big topic? Well, I was going to say, it turns out folk tales are specifically much harder to cite than any other kind of story. Yeah. That's not what I was expecting. I thought I could find like a couple articles and be like, oh, yeah, I'll cite this. Instead, it's like most, you try and look this up, I mostly find like, mom celestial garden facebook group people post and shit it's like i don't think i can uh cite susan's facebook post so um yeah because we're not doing a james summerton here but yeah if you want to donate at higher tiers we have uh poll voting to help us decide on what we're doing with the show speaking of poll voting is this the episode we're putting up our next clan yes so when this episode comes up we are opening the floodgates for all the more complicated and non-core clans so that means we've got ravnos the zamitsi the banahukim the caitiff the thin bloods ministry the ministry the salubri uh we are holding off on the hakata for last because they count as like five clans in and of themselves and we gotta figure out how to do them any justice Without it being like a 12-part series where we just have like (laughs) six months of Hakata. Six months of Hakata. Half of it is going to have the Godfather soundtrack. The other half of it is going to be the soundtrack from Serpent and the Rainbow. It's a good movie. (laughs) It's a fucking good movie. I'm going to have so many cotton balls in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Also, we have the interview series. So if you're doing... Music, art, uh, actual play games. Uh, you also do gaming podcast stuff. You write modules, d- d- LARP, bullshit things. You got a cool project you want to talk about it? We are happy to talk to you about it. If you're a real fucking vampire, I am getting impatient. Mm-hmm. I don't live forever, That's unlike true. some fucking people. Yeah, so it's... how about you hit us up? If you're a real asexual vampire, that's cool too. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> We love all everyone here. We we respect the asexual spectrum. Yeah, you can talk to me too. Yeah. You're encouraged to. Yes. Anyway. Yeah, that's it. We did it. Uh, I have finished 
I think this is my last written script for 2023. Yeah, we're going to take a <gasps> behind the scenes. We're going to take a little break till next year because we got stuff in the works. Yeah, got plans, schemes. I'm going to go play Gree. <laughs> cool. By this point, this time the episode comes out, I'll probably be starting my second playthrough of Alan Wake. So that'll Hell be cool. yeah. I'll probably still be playing Baldur's Gate. I mean, you, you I have got been your moving girl. fucking slow. Yeah, Shadow, Shadow Heart and me, we're booze. Um, but I've been moving real slow. Uh-huh. I go talk to people and I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm going to go over here and explore now. And then I find some shit that I probably don't really need to find. All the while, you know, the elder brain is all like <laughs> in the city. And I'm like, you're going to be fine, bud. All right. This is a video game. You're not going to go crazy until it's time for you to go crazy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> Taking my time. Yeah. Got Accidentally had to kill a steel watch. That was terrifying. Uh, I don't know what that means, but maybe someday I'll find it's out. It's a big robot with a giant ass sword that's so big that it actually says, when you kill it, it drops it. When you try to pick it up, it says, too heavy. And then it literally, when you examine it, says, can only be used by steel watchers. The thing's like eight and a half feet tall so even if you made a max strength character you couldn't use that sword legit it's a Which berserk is very sword silly huh it's a berserk sword bigger oh yeah it's a cloud sword oh it's like a sephiroth cl- uh, a sephiroth sword mm-hmm. meeting a berserk sword thick yeah and fancy mm. anyway i am leaving goodbye yeah. goodbye goodbye Mwah. damn